Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you've got to check out the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast today. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And today, we've got my good friend John Lee Dumas on the show. Now, JLD is the host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. With over 100 million listens of his 3,000-plus episodes, JLD has turned Entrepreneurs on Fire into a media empire that generates over a million listens every month and seven figures of net annual revenue eight years in a row. His first traditionally published book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, is the modern-day version of Think and Grow Rich with a revolutionary 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. You can learn more at UncommonSuccessBook.com. Now, in this episode, we're going to dig into why JLD believes college is a complete scam and what would be better. We're going to talk about some tips from Tim Ferriss on financial advice. We're going to talk about why following your passion as an entrepreneur isn't enough to build a business and be successful, and why him and his wife, Kate, moved to Puerto Rico to stop paying taxes and be able to give back to more causes they truly believe in. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, do not forget to go to sidlickbook.com. That's S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to opt in for our pre-sale book launch, launching August 23rd. On August 23rd, we're going to be opening up the pre-sale for Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you opt in and buy the book during the pre-sale, we're going to be giving away over $3,000 worth of programs and prizes to every person who buys the book. So don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com. That's S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com and check it out. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we are back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And today, we've got my good friend, JLD, John Lee Dumas, the host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. JLD, welcome to the show. Fired up to be here, brother. Awesome to have you, brother. So uh, just to dig right in, I mean, there's a lot of people that know your story. Uh, and if you don't know his story, uh, be sure to go to eofire.com. Check him out. Check out his podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. You can get plenty of him. Um, but I always want to dig in with, you know, with people like yourself that have gotten to where you are. I I'd love to ask, you know, being the shit you don't learn in college podcast, what is it that you wish you were taught in school that you weren't? How about anything about debt? Like... <laughs> It is unbelievable the lack of financial knowledge that we are giving to our high school and college graduates. 
it's like less than zero. Like they teach you so yeah. much stuff you never need to know and like so little of what you have to know. And you like one of the, the most way. one of the most important things in the world are financial literacy. They don't teach us anything. It's on. unbelievable, but it's a, it's a scam because, you know, if they teach you too much about debt, then you'll start asking the right questions of like why am I paying so much for this useless college degree? <laughs> and when you start asking that question, then, you know, colleges stop having all of the people dying to go to their school and, you know, crushing themselves with decades and decades of debt yeah. that never allows them to truly be free in this world. And I, I was just lucky to be honest because I went to school on an army ROTC scholarship. So I accrued yep. zero debt as a result, but holy crap, it is so sad. The scam that's going on right now in the college world about just giving these clueless 16, 17 and 18 year olds decades and decades of debt that is literally like a prison sentence. Yeah. So let's dig in that for a second. Do you think that no debt is good debt or do you think that just this specific version of debt as you go into college is a, is a scam? I think debt that you can leverage in meaningful yeah. ways can be good debt. Like if you're able to really focus and you understand and, and have good insider knowledge on real estate, there can be definitely some great ways you can, you can leverage real estate and investments in that manner. Um, by putting you know some money down and then being able to to get a mortgage and a debt on that, as long as you're able to figure out a good profitable monthly flow, you know I think it's stupid to leverage like cryptocurrency and stocks to like ten, yeah. 10 to one, twenty one, thirty to one, which a lot of people are doing. So I think that's a bad kind of leverage because you know yeah. the, the both the stock and crypto markets are very unpredictable, and you you know a move in the wrong direction can leave you worse than broke. And, and that's yeah. happening all the time, by the way, because people don't understand leverage. They don't understand margin. They don't understand that because they've never been taught that. So they're clueless and then they're paying for it, again, many of them for the rest of their lives. And it's really sad. So no, there's definitely good ways to use debt, um, but yeah. they're honestly, in my opinion, far and few in between. Yeah. How about let's let's take it another direction now that we're talking about, you know, because I, I actually also went through Air Force ROTC. Uh, I was going to go into the Air Force. I was going to fly. I was going to fly fighter pilots, and then I got a DUI my senior year, and I actually got kicked out. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I, I, you know, I accrued a lot of debt, but it was a lot lower thanks to ROTC. But they didn't make me, you pay that back after getting kicked out. They made me pay part of it, not all of it. Apparently, mm. good services and good deeds will will help you out a little bit. Um, but. Uh, but so, you know, when I tell people, you know, it's like I paid that debt off, you know, I worked for Cisco for six years afterwards and I paid that debt off over the course of six years. And it actually, just like you mentioned, this this scam of like spending a ton of money on something and then not seeing a return from it. I, you know, when I officially quit my corporate job to start my job or my my career as an entrepreneur, I was terrified to invest in myself, even though I now knew what I actually wanted to do. Right. So I was terrified to invest in mentors and programs and things like that because I just spent a hundred thousand dollars on my college degree. Like, do you think that's an issue as well? Or is that something you know do it's you a think we should issue. be investing? Yeah. It's a massive issue. And that's why, you know, debt is so crippling. And that's why yeah. the scam that's out there that's, you know, benefiting the very few, um, is is so sad because it's not allowing people to make the single best investment they could ever make, which is in themselves. When you can make and an doing it, doing it in a way that will actually benefit them. Exactly. Like, like I've had people that come to me and been like, John, I can't pay ninety-seven dollars a month to join Podcasters Paradise 
because I have $100,000 in college debt and that's so overwhelming yeah. to me. And now they're taking away this opportunity to like create their dream business, to, to have their voice, their message, their mission be shared with the world because of yeah. terrible financial decisions that they made when they were frankly too young to when to to be allowed to make those kind of financial decisions i think i think that's something i think that's something i want to talk about a little bit you you know you openly talk about how um you know both you and kate going down your your paths you know really struggled to find your fit in obviously different careers and different fields for a long time what what is it you know cuz that was that was years and we're expected to make this decision around like you know, I'm going to put $100,000 into something and, and direct my life at the age of 17 or 18. What, what tips would you have for someone to like really start to get clear on like what it is they actually want to do? And it's such like opportunity cost too, like not to go down a different rabbit hole and not that anybody yeah. should have done this by the way, because you never know what the future is, but just like imagine just what's the difference of like taking even just like 10,000 of that $100,000 back in like 2016 and like putting it into an investment like a Facebook or a Google or Bitcoin or anything like that. Yeah. And then now in in 4 years later instead of being $100,000 in debt, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, if you invest $10,000 in Bitcoin, and again, everything in hindsight is 2020. So obviously, like, you know, I'm not saying that like that is an obvious move four years ago, but that's the opportunity. And this is something that actually Tim Ferriss talked about a few times. He was like, I was about to go to grad school and spend uh, $250,000 going to grad school to get my master's in business. And instead, I said, you know what? I'm going to take um, that $250,000 and make twenty-five dollars to $50,000 investments in like five to 10 companies that I believe in. Yeah. And one of those companies was Uber. Another one of those companies was Twitter. And so think about what that $25,000, $50,000 investment has made him tens of hundreds of millions of dollars opposed to the debt he would have been in from a college business you know, MBA that's, you know, frankly, doesn't really move many needles. Now, and this, and this all comes his, from his financial literacy, his focus on learning that. Exactly. Yeah, pretty crazy. So, um, so yeah, to kind of go back to, uh, what we're talking about, like just from like a clarity standpoint, like how did you guys get that clarity? Like for, for you and Kate, obviously it was years in the, you know, in the real world. So you could actually figure out what it was you wanted to do. Is that what everybody has to do? I know you, you had, you know, tours with the army, you, uh, you worked in, in different, uh, financial firms and things like that. Like, how can people get clear on that sooner? I mean, listen, my 20s were really the lost decade. I mean, I had good times. I enjoyed life in a lot of those years, but it was a yeah. lost decade because, you know, I mean, the army doesn't pay you crap. And then, you know, I, I tried law school just being a clueless, you know, person in my mid 20s. And then I took yeah. some jobs that just like were just to kind of be time fillers. And it was just like, those are my, that's my lost decade because I just didn't know any better. I didn't have any mentors or I wasn't part of a mastermind or I wasn't reading the right books. And like what I could have yeah. turned those 20s into in hindsight is unbelievable. That's why when I have people that reach out to me when they're like 17, 19, 21 years old, they're just like, I listen to your podcast and I read these books that you recommend. I'm like, I am so jealous of you because- You're like, good, don't stop, I'm don't like, stop. Nothing's guaranteed, your success is not guaranteed, but holy crap, you have a 10 yeah. to 15 year head start on me. 
and I'm a multimillionaire. So like think of the possibilities for you if you work hard, if you figure things out, if you have a little bit of luck. You know, a lot of things have to happen, but man, what would I give? You, yeah, do you ever get jealous of that 17-year-old that reaches out to you and is like super focused on that? I would trade that, places that with every 17-year-old in the world right now, and I love my life. You could say the poorest of poor person in Uganda right now is 17 years old and you know he can't even read or write he can't even read or write but you can flip a switch and you can take what you know right now and put it into that set um, put me there i will take that challenge <laughs> i i would love take that me, opportunity take me back take me yeah. back i want to take my knowledge and experience cuz that was that was what i was lacking oh, yeah. back yeah. then so i don't want to go back to the person that didn't know anything. But again, that 17, 19, 21 year old that's, that's, that's reaching out to me saying how they're watching the show, listening and reading these books, yeah. like they are consuming the knowledge that I have now and that I would want at their age. And I would take that in a heartbeat. Well, I think, and I think really that is, you know, it's I, I, there's a Gallup poll that was done. It was something like 49% of adults, 49% of adults in America believe that college is not that important and they would prefer self-education. Things like, you know, things like watching the right shows, investing in the right programs, listening to the right podcasts, reading the right books. So half of America would agree with us right now, right? Now, you know, my, my question is for, for that person, like, what do you think is the most important thing to start with? Like, where where would they start? They would start with my book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, and I, I genuinely mean that because that book is not. I, like, I'm gonna. Uh, by the way, just to just to, I'm gonna support this as well because I've actually I've actually started digging into it, and it's great, and it's very simple. It's so it's simple. Not, it's not necessarily easy because you have to implement it and you have to do the shit, but it's very simple. So sorry, go ahead, Jamie. No, listen, and I, I can promote this book and say how genius it is because it's not my genius. It's not my yeah. brain that created this book. It is the 3,000 guests that I've interviewed over the past decade where I took their genius and distilled it down into a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. So, I mean, that's where you start because when you're that individual that you're talking about, Xander, listen, it all starts with first coming up with your big idea. And that's step one of a 17-step process but it's only step one. There's still 16 steps after that. And that's yeah. where most people fail. They only come up with their big idea and then they wonder why it's not working. Well, there's a lot of reasons yeah. why your big idea alone doesn't work because there's 16 more things you must implement to become financially free and fulfilled, which is super key as well. So step it sounds, one- It sounds almost like step one is get the blueprint. Step one is get the, blue, which is get the blueprint, which is the book. And then yeah. chapter one of the book is- your big idea, which I teach you yeah. how to get. And again, it's simple. As you mentioned, everything that I, that I talk about in that book is simple, but what's hard is number one, putting in the work. Number two, knowing the order and the processes. And number three, actually having the ability to stay consistent. Yeah. And that's something I, I want to talk about that for a little bit because you have uh, you know, obviously you've, you've done over, like you mentioned, over 3000 interviews, you have one of the top podcasts in the world. And I think, you know, the podcasting space is notorious for, uh, let's just call it a little lackluster, lackluster <laughs> effort, right? I think the average podcast has like seven episodes or something like that. 
Um, you know, it really is. It's something that takes a lot of effort. It's something that takes a lot of time and commitment, consistent commitment to be successful. But when you get it right over a long period of time, the life it can build is phenomenal. Um, in your book, you talk about, you know, that first year being a lot of hard work. And I think you, you made like, I don't know, like 30 or 40 grand or something like that. 27. What advice? (laughs) Yeah, even better. Um, like what advice would you give to someone? Cause I think we live in such a, we live in such a microwave world where like every, every, you need to have the pill for everything. You need to have the microwave solution for everything. Like what advice would you give to someone to have long-term success like you have? So it does start with that big idea. And that's where I'll go back to is because what a lot of people make this, the mistake of is they say, you know what? I just need to follow my passions, my enthusiasm, my yeah. excitement. And if you just do that alone, you don't have a career. You have what I like to call a hobby. And by the way, yeah, a hobby is not a bad thing. Like having a hobby can be a great thing. And I, and I hope most people find a hobby you know, and, and have some kind of outlet like that where they are excited and enthusiastic. But your big idea has to include that passion, that enthusiasm, and combine it and commingle it with a critical ingredient, which is called value, which is called expertise, which is called skills. You need to be able to bring your passion overlapped with value you're giving to the world so that people actually are getting solutions to the problem that you've identified within your big idea. Because otherwise, if you don't have passion, you're going to get bored and you're going to burn out and you're not going to be able to do, to do it long enough. So you do need that passion aspect. But yeah. if you don't have value you're providing to the world, in addition to just your passion, you just have that hobby. So it has to be a combination of the two, which is easier than it sounds, which is why we take you through a very structured um platform in a very structured process to get you to your big idea. And that's, I think that's really important. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, because we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and and starting coaches. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is everybody wants to pursue something that they're passionate about, right? They're told, uh, they're told, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life, right? Well, yeah, unless you don't get paid for it, then it's just a hobby and you'll have to keep working while trying to do what you love on the side. It is right? so, an ingredient, but it's just one ingredient. It's part. It's part, yeah. And you have to have both sides of it. Yeah, like try that. to make a cake with just eggs. Like it's just going to be eggs. It's not going to be a cake. I'd rather not try. We'll let somebody else so do that you, one. If you want to make an omelet, <laughs> you can use eggs. <laughs> but 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 not the cake. Um Cool. This is this is actually really helpful, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs out there. What what's maybe one other, you know, big mistake that you see a lot of people make when they're when they're starting out? They want to get up and running. They want to do something outside of the corporate world. What's another big mistake that you might see? Well, the biggest mistake is after they identify their big idea, they don't do step two in the seventeen step process, which is discover the niche. And what that means yeah. at its essence is within your big idea. There are so many problems that are not being addressed. There are so many voids that aren't being filled. They're niche and they're micro, and you need to find them and become the best solution to those specific problems. Because your big idea is a great flipping idea. But guess what? Other people have had that big idea, and they are crushing it. Your competition is fierce. It's out there, and you will fail if you just go up against these established competition that is just crushing it and has been for days, weeks, months, years. But if you identify what is the underserved 
markets within this big idea? What is the void that's not currently being addressed or filled? And you become the best solution to that specific problem, you will get traction momentum. You will build a little raving fan base around that because people will find you because they will find the best solution to their specific problem, just like they will ignore the second best solution to their problem into infinity. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, Tom Bilyeu once said, you know, when he was getting into Quest Nutrition, everybody was like, oh, like, you know, don't get into the the protein bar space. It's too crowded in there. And he said, well, there's always room for the best, right? And I think that's really important to remember. But to become the best, just like you were mentioning before, you got to be committed to doing the work and actually going through that. Like process. for me, like my big idea was a podcast, but that was yeah. a big idea. But that was in very vague, crowded niche. So I niched down yeah. to business podcasts. Okay, there's only 800 of them. I'll still get my ass handed to me. What about business <laughs> at podcasts? At least in the beginning. At least in the beginning. No, I probably would never get off the ground because I would just be <clears throat> buried and ignored. But then I, yeah. when I went down another another layer to interview podcasts of entrepreneurs, yeah. there were seven. And I said, do I really want to become the eighth best interview podcast of entrepreneurs? No, thank you. So how about I just I find a void that those seven podcasts aren't filling. And that void was they were doing it once a week, those lazy people. (laughs) Just kidding. But um, they were producing one episode a week. And I said, well, there's the void I want to fill. I want to be the first daily podcast interviewing the world's most successful entrepreneurs. And guess what? The day that I launched, Entrepreneurs on Fire was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs in the world. I was also the worst. I was the only. You were the only one. (laughs) And another key thing I want to share before we we move on, Xander, is what I did with a daily podcast that I want people to incorporate with what they're doing is that I built a barrier so high that my competition was so low. In fact, my competition didn't exist. My barrier was a daily freaking interview podcast of entrepreneurs. You're, yeah, that barrier was a lot of work. And nobody, are nobody could, lazy. nobody could produce that kind of work at the level that I yeah. was able to produce it. So I had no competition for years, because, yeah. you know, making money in the podcasting space wasn't proven yet. So nobody really trusted that you could, you could do that. So I won because I built a barrier so high that my competition did not exist. I had a yeah. moat around my business that could not be penetrated. Ask yourself honestly: Are you building a business? that has a super high barrier, that has a moat around it? If the answer is no, then not only are you going to lose, but everybody that tries to copy you is going to lose too because it's just going to be a saturated, easy to, to, to replicate market. So you need to find something that is so hard to replicate, a barrier that is so high to entry. That sounds like a lot of work though. It's a lot of work. And you know what's hard? <laughs> Building a business that we just talked about. You know what yeah. else is hard? Being broke, living paycheck yeah. to paycheck, looking in the mirror every day and saying to your face, face, I'm not living up to my potential. I am not accomplishing things that I know in my heart, in my guts that I can accomplish. That's hard too, because that's depressing. And I've lived that life as yeah. well. So my you know, comment to your listeners here is both of those things are hard. Whether you go, the loser route or 
the bust my ass route. Both of those are hard paths. Choose your hard. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I think we could talk about business for days, but hopefully this has been super helpful for them. Now, selfishly, I want to I want to twist this conversation a little bit to talk a little bit about you personally, um, and and obviously some things uh, very pertinent to me uh, that I mentioned to you before we actually started rolling. Uh, Maddie, my wife, and I are actually considering uh, between moving to Costa Rica and Puerto Rico. I'd I'd love for us to talk about. Uh, you and Kate's move from San Diego to Puerto Rico uh, a few years ago. Tell me about that decision and and what it was like for you guys. So we had just finished our second year in a row in San Diego, writing a seven-figure check to Uncle Sam, and it was hurting. It was painful. I was, I was going to say, that's that's super enjoyable, right? Like That's <sighs> one of my favorite things to do. like twisting an entrepreneurial dagger into my heart. Again, just the short-sightedness yeah. of... <laughs> governments and politics, they just don't get it. And it just is such short-term thinking that screws them in the long term um, over and over again. And I could not contribute to that anymore because I wanted to really keep the money that I made. Not all of it. I'm happy to pay taxes. I spent eight years in the army. Like, I'm a patriot. I love America. Like, I'm happy to pay my fair share of taxes. But Working for the U.S. government for six and a half months a year, which you have to do when you're paying 51% tax, not what I consider fair. Um, not fair. You, you know, 15, 20% take it. You, you know, listen, you got to do your thing with it. It just got out of control and it was only getting worse. Yeah. And so I said, listen, we love San Diego. It's beautiful. It's paradise. We have friends here, but it's time. It's time to go build our wealth and explore and have an adventure. And if that adventure doesn't work, We'll come back to California. We'll suck it up, and that'll be just how we yeah. do it. And so we moved in 2016 to Puerto Rico. And the day that we got here, I was like, "This is it. This is the we place." Did, we did well. We did well. Bought our dream home overlooking the Caribbean. Um, it's just amazing. You know, spent two million dollars on this home. That's I bring that up for a reason because in 17 months, we had saved more in taxes than our house cost. So just to put that in perspective, oh. 17 months. My savings and taxes had paid for this $2 million dream home, which you wow. know, in California, we frankly still be renting because it just makes zero sense to buy anywhere in California that we would want to live, which is within shouting distance of the ocean. And now yeah. we just have this. Beautiful- By the way, my, me and my wife are right there with you. We're, we're renting distance right from yep, the ocean, but we would never buy here because we're going to go invest elsewhere totally. where our money can do a little bit more damage. And we said, hey. Let's go check it out. And when we moved here, we saw that there's this this thriving entrepreneurial community and it's just grown since we've moved here. And now, you know, this is where we spend our time, our lives. I mean, we still travel the world and we love it. Um, but every single year when I see that January 18th has come, that means that I have now spent the first 17 days of the month paying my 4% tax and working for the government. And now the rest of the year, the next 11 and a half months, every penny I make goes into my pocket. And it's made me be able to be massively philanthropic, you know, you know, I was, I was going to say, you know, with all that money that you're saving, you're, you're just buying a lot of Lamborghinis. You're, (laughs) you're, you're doing a lot of worthless shit with that money, right? Yeah. So we're, you know, building schools in third world countries. We're supporting yeah. a lot of what Puerto Rico has going on with different organizations that are fantastic down here. And, you know, 
my sister's battled breast cancer, so I've been a huge financial supporter of, of that and what yeah. she's going through and different organizations that she's, she's a part of with ease because I'm getting to keep the money that I make and decide how I'm yeah. in, in investing you know, in crypto and in, in small businesses and in other investments in real estate that I believe in as well. So it's just been really exciting to see what you know you can do when you get to keep the money you make opposed to making a lot of money, but at the end of the year being like, where'd all the money go? Because it doesn't matter how yeah. much you make, if you're paying 51% in taxes, it's gone. It's gone. It's upsetting. It's, it's upsetting. Yeah. And I think one thing, you know, I, I really want to emphasize that a little bit because, you know, I think a lot of people might be thinking, well, you know, like you, you, you want to contribute back to this great country and, and support with the taxes that you pay for other people who are less privileged. And I do get that. But just like you mentioned, you know, you're giving back and you're doing it in probably a high, you know, highly more efficient way. And you're you're doing it to causes that really matter to you, and it's not like you're just you know spending this money frivolously. Yeah, and by the way, that's really I'm still paying four percent. So you know, four percent of millions yeah. of dollars, still a lot of money. So still, you know. still doing something. I love that. Um, so a couple quick quick speed round questions for you. First one I gotta ask is, uh, what's one weird habit that you have that most people don't do that's allowed you to be successful? I do a 30 minutes infrared sauna every single day. And that just gets me into the right mindset. It's like my meditation in the morning as well, sweating out all the toxins and impurities for real, but also mentally and emotionally. And it's just like a nice quiet time that I enjoy. And very few people do that because, yeah. you know, Again, I live in Puerto Rico, Weird. so I got weirdly. To... Weirdly, you're on the you're on a call with somebody else who actually does the same thing every so. day. <laughs> uh, I do four to five times a week, so uh, close. Because yeah, because I built up a nice little gym here at my compound in PR, and so it's right there. I, I love just it. Walk downstairs, jump into my sa infrared sauna for thirty minutes, do red light therapy for ten minutes. I'm in my cold plunge at forty five degrees right after that for three minutes, and. Then I take an outdoor shower that just literally. You're, you're very quickly becoming my best friend, by the way. It's These just are like overlooking the Caribbean, though. But that shower at the end, and yeah. you do want to be my best friend because you'll when you come to visit me in Puerto Rico, you'll want to like basically move in to my house. Yeah, I could I could see that. <laughs> awesome, I love it, man. Um, one more for you. What what would you say? Obviously, you've you've done a lot in this life so far. What would you say? would be your definition of success for you? The ability to wake up in the morning and look at my calendar and see that everything on that calendar is something that I want to do. Not have to do, not need to do, but want to do. And that's why in my book, I call it financial freedom and fulfillment. Because that's a feeling of fulfillment when you're waking up every morning knowing that everything on your calendar you put there because you wanted to do that. And again, I you chose. The, yeah. I spent the first 32 years of my life not choosing what was on my calendar, whether it be school or army or other things that I did throughout my careers. But now that I get to do that to me, a success. That's huge, man. I love that. Uh, JLD, I think we could, we could talk for hours on this sort of stuff, but we'll keep it at that. I know we got to, uh, time commitment. So uh, I really want to appreciate you for all the time that you've given us today. Uh, where can people learn more about you and learn more about uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire and the book uh, Uncommon Path? Or un common. common Path. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, to Common Success. 
eofire.com is where all the magic happens. A lot of great free courses for entrepreneurs there from podcasting to you name it. The Common Path to Uncommon Success, every bookstore that you can imagine. And it was great chatting with you today. Awesome. Thanks, man. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from our shows, uh, make sure you go to sidlickbook.com as well to opt in and get notified for the pre-sale of Shit You Don't Learn in College, which opens up August 23rd. Uh, we're going to be giving away over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs to every person who buys the pre-sale for the book. So head over to sydlicbook.com and check it out now. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.